What is good, peeps? Welcome to an indefatigable artist. Just wake and be. I am your host, Bleas, just a human being a multimedia artist in the 21st century. Just a friendly reminder that it's free to support. A like, comment, or a share goes a long way. You can always check out more at bleese.com and sign up to the free newsletter. Softcover novels, audiobooks, and ebooks are available there as well. I truly appreciate your support. Thank you. What's good? Welcome to the first ever episode of an indefatigable artist. I have been so enlivened with the adventure that awaits this project. I've gotten back to writing more diligently, where I kind of took a break for writing for a bit. After finishing Bleece Paradox, I had spent so much time writing those two novels that I needed a break from serious writing. Since finishing Bleece Paradox in September 2020, I took a step back and focused on other creations. But now, with the start of this podcast and the start of this third book, I am back to writing and it feels so good. I'm also excited to be trying something new. I've never done a podcast before. Definitely a new area for me. Working with audio in general has been new, but having now done both audiobooks for the novels, narrating and editing them both myself, I've become more acquainted with audio. So without further ado, let's get into it. Today's episode is about Bleece versus Ryan. In the podcast trailer, I talked about several life experiences that inspired this project. So I wanted this first episode to dive a little deeper into those and to also introduce myself to those who don't know me or those who knew me in a past life. The only constant in life is change. It's like my family members reading Bleece and thinking Orby is me. My response is that all my characters are a part of me. But yes, there are a lot of direct parallels between Orby and myself. And just like Orby who changes his identity and even how he perceives himself, I too changed in my real life. Life does change us. We either adapt or we die. We woke up today. With that simple act, we are already more resilient than the day before if we choose to see it. Who says we have to keep the same name our entire lives? How is that normal? Because it's the way it's always been done? Sure, there are legalities to name changes, but I'm more talking about how one is addressed. How they see themselves when they look into the mirror. Am I to hold the same name I had when I was an unscrupulous 16-year-old who rebelled against everyone and everything? I was born and given this name. I didn't choose it. Yet for my last name, later on in life, I was able to choose that. I remember my mom asking me if I wanted to change it to Smith to be a part of the new family of her, my little sister, and my stepfather. I vehemently said no and pointed to my birthmark on my right wrist that is in the shape of an L, which for me always stood for Lanham. 
That is what a lot of people called me in middle school. I think it may have started in wrestling when coaches would call me Lanham. I liked it. Speaking of middle school, let's go back for a second. As this is where the first life-changing experience occurred. The one I referenced in the trailer. It's the first life-changing experience I can remember growing up. Getting a head concussion when I was just 10 years old. It was the very first day of middle school. I hadn't even gone into the school yet. We were playing on the new playground. There was a hand slide that went back and forth. I remember it was color blue. The handle was red. I saw kids were going on it. So I waited my turn in line. First couple kids that I saw, you know, they would get pushed once, let go at the handle at the end. Um, some wanted to be pushed a couple times and uh, would try to hang on and, you know, stick it through and come back and then get pushed again um, and then fall off, you know. So they would only last like a couple pushes. I went on, and mind you, I was really small at this time. I'm 10 years old. I'm probably 80, 90 pounds. I was really short and skinny. And the kids that pushed me were older, much bigger than I. Um, I held on for a couple times, though, went back and forth, which again, the kids before me only lasted like maybe two pushes. And I think it was on the third, maybe the fourth push where they were really trying to knock me off. And uh, oh boy, did they. <laughs> um, and fell off I did. I went flying off. My feet went straight into the air, and I came back head first, directly into the ground. Flash, bang, knocked out cold. Yet, I remember what happened very vividly. It was calm and silent. I see only a bright white lighted scene. Everything is just pure white and serene. Like I was in a computerized dream. There is a black locomotive train in the distance coming straight towards me. Yet it first appeared as a singular black speck amongst the pure white scene. I pan my head left to right, and by the time I panned back towards the left, the bright white light at the front of the train is about to hit me. I wake up. When I wake up, I forget everything that happened. I didn't know where I was or who I was. I had forgotten my name. When they asked me, I couldn't think of anything to say. They called my mom in, and when she walked into the office, I didn't know who she was. Even now, I'm remembering things that were told to me. And looking back, I can't help but think of how freaked out my mom must have been. Her only son, 10-year-old me, looking at her and not recognizing her. Not knowing his own name or where he was. I went to the hospital. They diagnosed me with a head concussion and said I couldn't go to sleep that night. That if I did there was a chance I would go into a coma. It's just wild. I, at the time, didn't recall anything. And even that last sentence was something I was told later on. To this day, I can't remember that series of events or exactly what happened. For me, it's a blur. I remember the playground, and I remember the crowd of kids standing around me freaked out. I guess my eyes were 
open wide in a daze. Pieces of it come back, but not the whole thing. All I can remember is that pure white scene in the black train that is about to hit me. Years later, I had another concussion in the same part of the head. I'd fallen off a horse and hit my head. Flash! Bang! Again, there was that all-too-familiar white serene scene. This time, I sat there. I had been here before. Something about this time wanted me to take it all in. I looked around to see if there was anything I could see. Nothing. Just white. I panned my head again, and there was that pesky black speck off in the distance. The train crept slowly towards me. Again, right as it's about to hit me, I wake up. I forget everything again, but only briefly. I looked around the field for a couple of minutes, then realized what had happened. I was always trying to be tough during this time, so I didn't say anything to anyone. Just like I knew I had broken my arm that time. I tried not to go to the hospital, then Gary, my step-grandfather, asked me to hold my arm straight down. I couldn't. It hurt too bad. Which was the case when you had a broken arm. He and I both knew it, too. Honey, you're going to that damn hospital. What are you, stupid or something? He asked me, grinning. I did the same when a donkey stepped on my knee, and I didn't want to go to the hospital. Even though my kneecap was on the side of my knee, and my knee was about five times the size of the other one. Tried to ice it and stay off it for a couple of days. But then I tried to carry cement blocks up some stairs, and once again, Gary said, Honey, we gotta get your leg checked out before they have to cut it off because of gangrene. He called everybody honey. I was so upset because my cousins had come up to Michigan from Texas, and I'd been looking forward to them coming. Before that incident, we were having the best summer kids that age could have. We were outside playing all the time, riding this four-wheel vehicle, a Kawasaki mule, it was called. We stayed out in the woods, at least until coyotes came to our tent because we left food out all night. When I blew out my knee, all my fun was over that summer. I had a cast on my leg from my ankle to my hip and had to use crutches for the next five to six months. My knee would never be the same. This happened when I was 11 years old before my growth plates had closed, but I had partially torn my ACL, dislocated my kneecap, and partially torn my and partially tore my meniscus, which is the cartilage between the bones in your knee. To this day, it still sometimes feels like I'm walking bone on bone, and uh, I walk with a bit of a limp. But I can talk about the farm another time. Get back on track here about identity. The farm still occupies many a dream, which I plan to share more about in later episodes, so stay tuned for those. Dreams are a great resource for creative material and inspiration for different creations. Back to the point of identity, Bleece versus Ryan. For me, having those two head concussions really put reality into a unique perspective that I didn't fully appreciate until years later. That driving question, what is reality? Living in dreams, what is in between? 
So fast forward from those head concussions, the first occurring when I was 10, the second occurring when I was probably 13 or 14. Those years were kind of blurry for me, but around then, fast forward to 2020 when I'm 30 years old, the time of yet another life-changing experience that I mentioned in the trailer, and the last push for me into this new identity of fleece. It's the ultimate reason why I introduced myself as the host, Fleece. That in my mind, Ryan died in that hospital when I had heart surgery. There was a passing. And it's a passing I went through when I decided to go back to school. And one of my first papers that I wrote started with the line, I killed him. I had to in order to survive. The killing then was me growing to be an adult. Now, it's forgiving. Forgiving myself for how I acted. Forgiving myself for how I acted out. All the times I was wrong and wronged people that loved me. Forgiving myself for being a product of my environment. It's what Orby has to do in the book. He has to forgive himself and learn to love all the parts of himself as they are all necessary. They all serve a purpose. They must all work together. They must all work together. Writing my first two novels was really therapeutic for me. It allowed me to distance myself from all of what I experienced growing up. How for me, it was normal, but for someone else, it may be quite shocking and completely abnormal. Surpass normality. Living in our own universe, in a foreign being's eye, we may not be fit. Again, I ask, what is normal? Keeping your name, staying stagnant, or living limitless, knowing that the universe flows through you? We are all made of stars, not one star, but multiple stars. So many limits we place on ourselves. What is in the name anyway? Do you know my name more than you know the presence of my energy? It's very difficult for a person to change. So for those who know me as Ryan, I feel that I have changed in so many ways that a name change reflects that. Ryan had many flaws, angry outbursts, fistfights, ripping doors off cars when you run out of gas in the outskirts of Manchester, Michigan, rebelling against school so much he almost got expelled, had to take summer school in order to get a diploma, couldn't walk with his high school class that he had grown up with his entire life, laying in the basement crying in shame for how he had acted, yet refusing to take responsibility for his actions eventually landing him in jail in Florida for being blackout wasted at a concert at 8.30 in the morning, having stayed up all night two Jagger bottles deep at 19 years old. Ryan now is a character in my mind, someone with many flaws. Bleas is someone who recognizes those flaws and has learned from them, a process which is necessary in order to evolve and progress.
all of which I will continue to discuss and share what I have learned over my life and how accepting change has led me where I am today, exactly where I need to be, just as you are exactly where you need to be. Whether you can see and appreciate it now or you see it later on, we are all going further, one step at a time. The phrase, go further. This has an infinite number of implications. Go further down your own individualistic path. Go further in any endeavor that pleases your soul. You woke up today. With that simple act, you're already more resilient than the day before. If you choose to see it. And be grateful for it. You are here for a reason. Each and every one of you listening to this right now are here for a reason. It is up to you to find out why that is. Why are you alive in this moment in time? What are you going to do today that is going to be left behind that will live on after you make your final transformation? Pick up a writing utensil. Let the universe know how you feel it. Pick up a brush. Let the universe know how you see it. Pick up an instrument. Let the universe know how you hear it. Pick up a camera. Let the universe know how you perceive it. Pick up yourself. Let the universe know how you can help it. Thank you for listening. Be sure to like and comment. It's free to support. A like and a share goes a long way. Softcover novels, audiobooks, and ebooks available at Blease.com. Let's go further together, one step at a time. See you next week. Mad love.